So our reading tonight, if you want to follow along in your mobile devices or, or in your Bibles if you want, is John 12, and we're going to do verses 20 to 36. Uh, the setting for this would be after the triumphal entry, so this is really after Palm Sunday, uh, when Jesus is in the temple courts, and uh, well, there's some Greeks there that are asking about him, so starting in verse 20. Now among those who went up to worship at the feast were some Greeks. So these came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and asked him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip went and told Andrew. Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. And Jesus answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Whoever loves his life loses it, and whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, he must follow me, and where I am, there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. Now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this purpose I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven, I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. The crowd that stood there and heard it said it had thundered. Others said an angel had spoken to him. Jesus answered, this voice has come for your sake, not mine. Now is the judgment of this world. Now will the ruler of this world be cast out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to show by what kind of death he was going to die. So the crowd answered him, We have heard from the law that the Christ remains forever. How can you say that the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is the Son of Man? So Jesus said to them, The light is among you for a little while longer. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. The one who walks in the darkness does not know where he is going. While you have the light... Believe in the light, that you, may ha- that you may become sons of light. This is the word of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, seeing is believing, right? Anybody watching basketball? Indisputable video evidence becomes very important at the end of a game. And uh, there seems to be cameras everywhere these days. Um, I don't like the ones on the, you know, the speed cameras, but there's cameras, uh, you know, the, uh, everybody's got them at their ring doorbells, uh, everybody's got them at their stores, their surveillance, uh, on our, we got them in our pockets all the time, and it's gotten to be, I think, even more emphasis that when you see something, you kind of need to see it to believe it. You know, more than ever, you see a court case, they're going to bring in some kind of video, yep, there they were. So the idea that seeing is believing has is, is always been around, but this text tonight, well, it's got these Greeks who have maybe not seen what Jesus has done, but they've definitely heard that Jesus has been doing stuff, you know, miracles, healings, giving sight to the blind, the mute can speak, you know, calming the sea, uh, multiplying the, the loaves. All of these wonderful stories they've been hearing. So these Greeks come up and, well, they want to see Jesus. So when they ask, you know, kind of the chain of command to get to Jesus, here's what Jesus says. The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. 
Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Whoever loves, this, whoever loves his life loses it, and whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. I'm pretty sure that's not that they were looking for. Uh, hey, let's go see Jesus, and he comes back with a parable. This really wasn't a message for the Greeks, or it was for, well, for us and for them. And he's teaching something here. So the, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. And then it says this, wheat falls in the earth. So that's what I said before in the prayer. So one kernel of wheat, and then there's this huge harvest. Now for the Greeks, they're probably like, why is he teaching me about farming? I don't care care about that. For us, we know exactly what he's talking about. He is that grain of wheat who goes into the ground and has a tremendous harvest that comes from it. I looked this up in 1910. Guess how many Christians there were on earth? 1910. Anybody want to throw a number? I think I told Luke, so you can't say. 600 million. There were 600 million Christians on earth in 1910. How many today? 2.2 billion. That's a lot of fruit, okay? One grain of wheat, Jesus, goes into the ground and it produces this wonderful harvest. Now, Luke used the analogy that we, I think he said, we've been, uh, strong man's been overcome and it said in our text that that he's being cast out, that the evil one was cast out. And I will call Luke on this because I got called on this in a sermon once. He said that we were were stolen. And I remember this 80-year-old guy came up to me and said, Stealing's a sin. God doesn't sin. And I'm like, you're right. We are plundered from the evil one. We are the spoils of war. There, that's better, right? Semantics, all right. But how about this last line? Oh, it says, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. What is it to glorify God? Well, let's look at Jesus. How does he glorify God? He does what his father tells him. That's what it looks like. Glorifying God is just doing what, he, what he's been told to do. Now, through the eyes of the world, what does glory look like? It looks like, well, it looks like success. It looks like really good social media posts. It looks like the good house, the good family, the good job, the winning, right? Glory looks like winning in the eyes of the world. What does glory look like in the eyes of the kingdom? Well, this is Holy Week, and Jesus is going to be glorifying God. We all want to jump to Sunday. Yeah, glorify God because he rose from the dead. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about dying here. He glorifies God by being arrested, convicted, beaten, crucified, and killed. There, he glorified God. That's the total opposite version of the earthly view of glory. 
But for you and I, why do we call next Friday? What do we call next Friday? Good Friday. <laughs> I was, that always confused me again. I'm like, we're going to church. It's Good Friday, and everybody's really sad, and it's dark, and what's going on here? This doesn't seem good at all. Well, it's because glory in the eyes of the world versus the eyes of the kingdom are completely different. We know that the God was glorified by that once-for-all sacrifice. In the eyes of glory, well, we say this in the Lord's Prayer, right? Hallowed be thy name, Yahweh, the Lord. Now, the theme of cleaning has been, I'll kind of go through it. So we had the, the cleaning by the blood of the lamb, right? Blood cleaning, making the robes of righteousness. And then the, the cleaning of water, being reborn through the water and the word, being washed clean. That makes sense. Last week, I had to get a little more creative. Does anybody remember how I tied in the cleaning thing last week? What, what, what's God going to do in the last day? He's going to clean all the tombs, right? Tomb cleaning. You remember, raised Lazarus. He's going to clean up all the tombs. So tonight, I'm like, okay, where's the cleaning going to come from? We just had the pandemic. And I was like, huh. There's something that got brought to light about cleaning. Anybody here, those, those UV cleaners, the light cleaners, they put in the surgical centers and they put them in hotel rooms because, you know, it kills everything it touches. So that's UVA, UVB, and UVC rays. UVC rays are what they're using in those places. Uh, you do not want to be in the room when those things are going down. In fact, no UVC rays actually meet, go, get to the Earth's atmosphere. There's so much, they'd be bad for you. They, they pretty much, you know, kill what they they come in contact with biologically. So let's go with that theme of light and the cleaning that comes from light. When you were in the presence of God, what would happen right now if I saw God face to face? <laughs> I'd be smoked, right? That light would kill me. I mean, we even see that God is always trying to interact with his people from Moses all the way through, and then even Jesus. There's a veiling of him so we can actually be in his presence. He shows us in ways that we can interact with him without him killing us. Because he is perfect, he is righteous, and he is holy. And when we have this perfect light that shines on our darkness, we know what happens. It penetrates the darkness. Now, this can be a very good thing, like in 35 and 36. So Jesus said, the light is among you for a little while longer. Walk in while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. The one who walks in the darkness does not know where he is going. While you have the light, believe in the light that you may become sons of light. So we walk in the light and not the darkness. So what is the difference? You are kingdom of God. You are kingdom of light. What was Piper before her baptism? Kingdom of darkness. And she's been plundered away from that. So if you're wondering if you're part of the kingdom of light, the answer is yes. If you believe and are baptized, you're part of the kingdom of light. What else is light good for? It's really good for showing us the way. 
Psalm 19, 105. For your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. God promises us to at least show us only the next step. And we take that step in faith, in the light. And this is the warning that we get over and over again is to not walk in darkness. And that would be walking in unbelief. That would be walking in denial of God, denial of his truth, denial of his word. Turn away from the darkness to the light. Now, God's word is associated with light. And just because people reject God does not mean it's not alive and active. The Holy Spirit uses the word to convict us of our sin, but then to most importantly remind us of what Christ has done for us in the gospel. This is the light of the gospel. And we are called to walk in paths of righteousness. Jesus did this perfectly. He walked the walk. We are followers of Jesus Christ. We are supposed to emulate him. We are his disciples. And this is what his disciples do. They walk in his ways. In Matthew 5, 14, it says, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do, people, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and, get, and it gives light to all the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. So this light that has come to you, you are sons and daughters of light, the light that lives in you, the light of Christ now you are called to be a light to the world. You are the one who are called, you, the church, to point people to Jesus, to remind them of who they are in Christ. The world is very dark. We are the light, and the light has overcome the darkness. We are the only hope for the world. The world tries to dismiss and say, oh, no, no, there's lots of other ways to be saved, or there's lots of better things to aspire to. There's much more glory to be had in this world. No, the glory belongs to God and God alone. Now, I did not read the next part of this text because I was saving it for now. And it talks about that idea that people have heard the gospel have seen the, the light and they still don't believe it. Jesus had performed miracles and they didn't believe it. They didn't believe in him. When Jesus had said these things, he departed and hid himself from them. Though he had done so many signs before them, they still did not believe in him. So that the words spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. Lord, who has believed what he heard from us? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Therefore they could not believe. For again Isaiah said, He has blinded their eyes and hardened their heart, lest they see with their eyes and understand with their heart and turn and I would heal them. Isaiah said these things because he saw his glory and spoke of him. Nevertheless, many even of the authorities believed in him, but for fear of the Pharisees, they did not confess it. So they that they would not be put out of the synagogue. For they love the glory that comes from man more than the glory that comes from God. This is what Jesus is talking about. The glory of man is preventing them from receiving the glory from God. 
This is when Jesus said, you have to hate this life to gain it. I love my life. <laughs> I love my wife. I love my children. I love this church. I love my job. I love, right? I got, I got a many, many things to love about this world. But they're all temporary. If I put those above God, I've exchanged the glory of man for the glory of God. So I think we're being warned here to not to keep our things in order. I uh, was talking to the youth group tonight, and uh, we're talking about intercessory prayer. And one thing I try to teach them is to pray for another person so they pray for each other, right? And just because you go, you never know. There might be somebody that you interact with that needs some prayer. So I had this happen to me yesterday, again. Um, I'm at the Drury, and uh, the worker comes up. She's, you know, super nice uh, woman, and she strikes up a conversation with me. I was just sitting there working on the sermon, actually. And um, she comes up to me, and long story short, she finds out I'm a Christian, and I'm a pastor, and all that. So she sits down, and um, my daughter had a migraine. Her granddaughter had a migraine, and her other granddaughter was 14, was really struggling with her identity. She was really worried about social media. She was worried about what people thought about her. her, her she was getting depressed. She had you know, body image issues, and, and her grandma was, was scared for her. And so we prayed. And she thanked me for just, you know, saying a prayer with her. So this is what showing the light is. Her granddaughter is 14, and there's so much pressure on these kids to be something that the world wants them to be, to seek the glory of man instead of the glory of God. I had them all go around the room again and say, what's your name and what school do you go to tonight? And they're like, yeah, this is where I go to. I go, when you introduce yourself, does anybody say, hey, my name's Dan and I'm a Christian? <laughs> no, I say my name's Dan and I'm a professor, I'm a pastor, I'm a husband, I'm a father, I'm a whatever. My identity in Christ is sufficient. That's my identity. That is the light that is being born out. That is the gospel that has saved me. So what is it to glorify God? It is to do what God tells us to do. To repent, to forgive, to love, to show mercy, to do the things that God is calling you to do. That gives him glory. Remember, those good works are not yours, they're God's. And they flow from him to you and out to your neighbor. So we walk with eyes of faith. That's the light we have. We have the faith in Christ and his word to guide us. And this guiding light of Christ that lives in you and lives in me is our identity. It is sufficient. And that light well, as good, righteous, and holy is what you're called to share with the world. Now, next week is Holy Week. We got the triumphal entry, we got Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, and then Easter Sunday. This is the week that all Christians around the globe will be remembering what Christ has done for them. 
This is the light that the world needs. We need the light to shine in the darkness. So, be prepared. <laughs> be prepared to shine your light. God has used you. He will use you. And that light that shines in you and shines in me is a holy light. It is a righteous light. And it is one that saves you now and forever. Amen? Will you stand and pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for making us sons and daughters of light. Thank you for calling us into your kingdom and giving us a true identity. Help us to remember that it only matters what you think of us and not the world. Help us to not exchange the glory of man for your glory. Help us to walk in paths of righteousness for your name's sake. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. Have a wonderful rest of the week.